0: So we've seen several COVID-19 patients write thank you notes to medical staff who helped them recover. One of them, the 47th patient from Busan, who expresses gratitude to health workers for their sacrifice and for taking care of him as if he was a member of their families. But... There are questions over how we can protect medical workers around the world at the front line of fighting this outbreak, with some of them being infected themselves and also experiencing a tremendous emotional, uh, mental toll. We can catch up now with Howard Catton, Chief Executive of the International Council of Nurses. Thank you very much for taking the time.
1: Pleasure to be with you.
0: Can you give us a better idea of how much of a strain this outbreak is putting on nurses worldwide at this point?
1: Uh, I think the work of nurses around the world is incredible. I would go as far as to say it's heroic. Uh, Nurses are putting themselves before others and making huge sacrifices. Uh, They're working physically incredibly hard, often back-to-back shifts, few breaks unable to go home. I mean, it's not easy wearing the protective equipment that nurses have to as as well. Uh, We've seen pictures of nurses who've got sores on their hands and faces. Mm. Uh, It's difficult to go to the loo. It's difficult to eat as well. And of course, as well as the physical uh, demands, there's huge uh, psychological pressures as as well. They're obviously uh, looking after people who are anxious, concerned, and very, very worried but nurses have families have friends have kids as well who ask questions about you know why are you going to work are you going to be okay as as well so uh, an enormous physical uh, and mental health strain that we're putting on staff and i think one of the things that around the world we need to be really careful about is that we don't exhaust not just nurses but all of our healthcare workforce this has run for a few weeks already uh, is predicted we've got some weeks or months uh, to go we need to support our healthcare workers right throughout this this period
0: i you know you mentioned the protective equipment and I, you're absolutely right i cannot imagine when your skin's already raw putting the mask back on the next day, but they're also competing in certain countries with members of the public for appropriate equipment. Some of these medical masks are are being worn by by ordinary people uh, who are trying to do everything they can to protect themselves and their families. Do we not need to learn something from this for the future, that a certain amount of protective equipment, hopefully more comfortable than the masks that are being worn at the moment, needs to be set
1: aside? There are things that we need to do now, and you're absolutely right, there are lessons for the future. We um, at the International Council of Nurses have been very concerned about uh, an inadequate supply of personal protective equipment. Uh, both I and the president of ICN have raised it directly with the WHO Director uh, General. Um, we believe most recent reports was that we could be 30 40% short on personal protective equipment uh we with the world health organization have made a call for uh manufacturers to step up as well and to increase supply we've seen frankly some completely unacceptable behavior in terms of hoarding and price hikes uh as as well Uh, our priorities need to be those people who are Sick and those people who are vulnerable and the people, the health workers who are looking after them. Uh, in the longer term, I, I think there are some really significant issues. I mean, this is a, a test, isn't it, for how well-prepared our health systems are and very quickly is exposing where there may be, may be weaknesses. Having enough healthcare workers, having the right equipment, having enough beds, these are all key fundamentals about how strong and how prepared our health systems are uh, which when this is over I hope that there's a huge amount of learning uh, that we get from this experience to make sure that should this happen again uh, that we're even better prepared.
0: If anyone's wondering what we're referring to here um, check out an article from last week South Korean nurses bandages become badges of honour released by AFP and carried by various news wires. It was uh, quite interesting to uh, to see. Of course, um, many of them showing a look of defiance, but just painful to imagine as well. Um, Mr. Catton, I'd like to ask you also about the fact that some of these healthcare workers themselves are infected. And there are some reports from Italy that they just are struggling to test all the medical personnel and they're having to make decisions like putting certain nurses on wards where COVID-19 patients are and and trying to protect other patients by having completely healthy healthcare workers deal with them. But it, it sounds particularly challenging right now, the situation in Italy and anywhere where there's been a rapid surge. Uh,
1: it has been. I, I was talking just this week to nurses from Italy, and there was one nurse who said to me, um, "I feel agitated and worried sometimes, but I'm also serene and conscious of my duty to patients." I was I was moved by those simple but such poignant words. I shared them on social media, and they got a, a reaction. I think they say it all about you know our healthcare workers, our nurses, our our people as as well. Uh, They have their own feelings about this, but they're stepping forward, they're stepping up, they're saving lives. Uh, You know, I said we've we've really got to make sure that we we look after our health workers. They've got to be at the centre of our plans. We've got to prioritise their health and uh, well-being. I think in the future, around the world, we need to scale up the number of health workers that we are that we 're educating um, in some countries, we often see this sort of short term approach to uh, investment in our health services if If economies are doing well, then you know we 'll put some more money into health but if uh, if times are more difficult in austerity, money often comes out of health. Uh, what this is really clearly showing us is that health uh, and economic prosperity and national security there they're intimately related. They're the two sides of the same coin. Uh, health is wealth. And I, I hope, I think, that we might start also to see some change in political thinking about prioritising, but being consistent and sustaining the investment in our, our nurses, our health workers and our health systems.
0: Can I also ask you where you think would be a major area of concern or major areas of concern? There have been great worries raised for developing nations, for example, and having even less infrastructure to deal with this. On the other hand, the point's been made that some developing countries have much more experience dealing with highly infectious diseases than some developed nations that are showing the strain right now. What's your view? Uh,
1: I, I think you're right on both counts there absolutely is a concern that if the virus takes hold in countries who have weaker health systems, and by that, if they don't have the staff, if they don't have the facilities, if they don't have good uh, coordination between different parts of their health system, uh, then that absolutely can be uh, a problem, at least, to quicker spread. Uh, but, but then those countries, I think, uh, know uh, the real importance of dealing quickly, speed and acting fast in these outbreaks, being open, transparent, communicating really well with the public, uh, regardless of whether you're a, a low, middle or high income country. Uh, the speed, the coordination, the good communication, addressing publics the public's understandable anxiety often, but consistent, clear public health messages. These are all core key principles in all countries. And I think one of the things that the, the rest of the world, I see learning from the approach that's been taken in South Korea, uh, the, the speed of the approach, but also that the rapid uh, 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 testing of people as well, so that you, you, know, you test, you detect, you know who's got it, you can treat those people but then you can contract trace and and work to uh, shut the virus uh, to shut the virus down so uh, there are some really important um, lessons for the world from the approach that South Korea has has taken in my view.
0: The other big aspect of this is just having enough qualified nursing staff you cannot just recruit members of the public very quickly for some of the more delicate tasks that nurses perform and of course all the uh, experience that goes into uh, handling patients who are going to be scared in need of uh, constant care. Do you have any ideas for the governments around the world who are trying to deal with this shortage problem? I know in our... I can hear from your accent that, like me, you've obviously spent a lot of time in Britain in your life, but do you think, for example, bringing nurses out of retirement is a good short-term fix? Uh, What are your ideas?
1: Um, So the obvious but the longer-term solution is that we need to uh, educate and to train Uh, more nurses. It's estimated that the world is currently short of in the region of eight or nine million nurses. The World Health Organization have put nurses at the centre of their plans for this year. This is the WHO-designated year of the nurse and the midwife. We'll have in just a couple of weeks' time a big report from WHO on nursing, which I expect will make a call globally to educate more nurses and so that's something that I think that we absolutely need to do but as you say uh, that's not going to give us a solution overnight. We've got to make sure that we use the people that we have in the best possible way. Uh, We've got to look after them, do all the things that we were talking about, not to exhaust the current workforce. Yes there may be Uh, uh, nurses who've retired um, uh, they may have retired early for a number of reasons or they may only recently be uh, retired who could come back uh, to work as nurses. We need to be careful about that. If people have been out of practice for too long they might not be completely up to date. Let's not forget if these are retired nurses they may be older so they could be be more vulnerable. Mm. Nurses like others have pre-existing conditions um i think there may be something about looking at whether we can redistribute some of the nurses that we have uh, as as well have we got nurses in in in, in the right place uh, something though i think that we need to be more careful about and this has been suggested in some countries is to well if, if nurses are still students if they haven't qualified could we uh could we fast track them to be a, a nurse and to uh and, and to and to use them uh, i always um i'm always interested that that people often talk about you know in situations like this can we fast track nurses but they rarely talk about let's fast track doctors and there's very good reasons in terms of being sure that somebody has gone through the training mm. reach the required competency and standard before they go uh, before they go to before they go to work um but yes uh let's look at whether we've got a, uh, the, our nurses in the right place that we're looking after them possibly nurses who've left right who we could who we could come back in
0: howard Caton, and chief executive international council of nurses as i said based in switzerland thank
1: you so much for sharing your thoughts with us pleasure to talk to you thank you for having me